Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever attended an event that just made you say, wow? If so, it was probably planned by today's guest, Sheena Majetti. You see, that's what she does. She makes stellar standout events that make people take notice. She's done it for a while in corporate environments, and now she's running her own organization where she is helping her clients bring their vision to life. She's also following her passion with a nonprofit dedicated to teaching girls between 12 and 18 valuable life skills. Join in on this conversation today and let's have some fun. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So, what's going on today? Well, we got another early start to the day. I don't know about you, but I've been up since about old dark 30 this morning. <laughs> old dark 30. <laughs> Trying to get pumped and motivated. Look, I'm in the central time zone. So for me, it's 7 a.m. For you, it's 8 already, though, right? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So look, Sheena, why don't you tell everyone who you are and what is it that you do that makes the world a better place? <laughs> well, first of all, Robert, thank you for that amazing introduction. I love it. I'm going to have to, you know, kind of use that <laughs> moving <laughs> forward as part of my branding. If you, wanted to, if you want to be wowed at an event, it's going to be planned and developed and executed by Sheena. <laughs> There you go. I love I've been that. to some of your events, so yeah. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. And you have also been a speaker and an amazing speaker at some of those events. So oh, thank you. Yes. Um, but what do, let's see, what do I do to make the world go round? Um, you know what? I, I don't I I tell my children, I tell my daughters this all the time. I said, you don't have to do something big and humongous to make a difference or a change. It could be just that small thing that you wake up every morning with the intention of saying, not only is this going to be a great day for me, but anyone who crosses my path, I'm going to make sure it's a great day for them too. So, you know, I just try to um, make sure that I, every day that I exude the kind of energy that is infectious, that can make, you know, people smile, um, make you comfortable, you know, whatever the case may be. And what I have found is that more often than not, you never know who needs that until they do and they tell you. And I love it. So it's been so many people that have said, you know what, Sheena, just your smile, because you greet me every day with a smile. That really makes a difference. So it's the small things. It's the little things that you can do that can really make a difference in a person's day. All right, now, so look, let, let me just tell you all, for everybody that's watching, and if you're listening on the uh, podcast replay, she's being so modest right now. <laughs> so Sheena does these events, and she used to do them in corporate environments where you would have thousands of people. Wait a minute, let me just back up. Thousands of auditors. Can you imagine having an event with a bunch of auditors there and how boring that could be? But I've never been to a boring event with Sheena. And she's done it all over the country, even all over the globe, if I'm not mistaken, right? That is so, 
from small, well, not, not small locations, uh, Los Angeles, Chicago. What are some international places you've done events at? Um, I've been, well, Canada has been the most uh, place that I have done, you know, kind of a global event. Um, but I've also, I traveled to Singapore. Ooh. And um, while I didn't get to do that because of the pandemic, I didn't actually get to execute that event there, but oh my goodness, that was one that I was really looking forward to. So I really want to try to go back and do an event in Singapore. I really want to do that. That's that's my bucket yeah. list. You know, and it's great. You have to do the event at the Marina Bay Sands in Singapore. Woo. That's a hotel unlike any other. That is an experience in and of itself. It really is. And oh my goodness, it, it's such a playground for someone, for a planner uh, and an organizer, because there's so many things that you can leverage to create an amazing experience for attendees. And honestly, Robert, that's really what I what I try to do. That's what I strive to do. Um, I know you were asking me, what do I do to make a difference? Well, in the industry, I think I come from a perspective of what is going to make an amazing overall experience. And I build on that. So I, I don't look at it as one track of things. I don't look at it as just an amazing program or just an amazing networking or just, you know, amazing speaker lineup. I look at it holistically. How can you bring all of those things together in an amazing way? and tell the story that's going to connect the dots for your attendees so that when they leave they're so very inspired and and empowered you know by what what you've created essentially with your team and you know i'm, I'm glad you said that create the story because a lot of people think that event planners all they do is just book hotels and airfare and that's it but it's a whole lot more than that because you just mentioned you got to keep the speakers satisfied and happy. You have to keep the attendees satisfied and happy. And then most conferences, there's a central theme that you build around and certain things that you want people to take away. So, so tell me, what are some um, what are some common misconceptions that people have about your job when you manage and run events? There are a lot of them. We could talk for days about them, but what are some uh, of the most common ones that you Absolutely, see? there are a lot of them. Uh, you know, I think you alluded to one that people think that, Event planning is just about booking a hotel, booking hotel rooms um, and space. And then it just kind of all comes together like magic. And that's not the way that works. Um, you know, there are a lot of behind the scenes intricacies that planners have to be able to put together. There are a lot of dots that are connected um, and, and it really it comes in segments. So, you know, you have planners who specialize in the logistics. You have planners who specialize in the programming, and then you have planners who specialize in maybe the exhibit, you know, the exhibition of it. And then you have planners who specialize in all of it. And um, so, you know, when you think about it, it's not really just that one track. And a lot of times people on the outside will come from that perspective of thinking, oh, it's just about the hotel, you know, making sure you have space and making sure you have food and beverage, and, and then it's gonna all come together. And so because of that, oftentimes we'll run into individuals who really think that they can do the, the job for you, that they can do your job. 
And then th they get into it and find out and figure out that it is not as easy as it looks. It definitely is not. I think I was telling you, I, I had the pleasure of working uh, on volu volunteering on the board of a professional association where we planned events, uh, two events per year. And once I started learning about the process, I was thinking, I couldn't do this. <laughs> this is this is a lot of work. You know, it's more than just the hotel. And then, but, but here's, here's the funny part about it. So in this one organization, people would always complain about one thing. And that one thing was bacon at breakfast. <laughs> so, so we went through a time period where like bacon was at a premium for some reason. And I think that was like 2012 and 13. Bacon was at a premium. And so we cut it out of the conference one time. And no matter how good the conference was, the ratings were like, we missed the bacon at breakfast. So what, what's, what's the strangest experience you had uh, uh, in doing a conference? Well, the, the food is a, <laughs> that can be a big deal for, for people, as you can imagine. Um, but I used to, the funny thing is, Robin, you would see that feedback on the evaluation. But I would also explain to my team, because sometimes, you know, you can get hit hard as a planner. You put your heart and soul in everything. We talked about this holistically, right? And then you get that, you see that evaluation and somebody gives the whole event a low rating because a muffin was dry. And it's like, what about this fantastic program? What about the networking opportunities? What about all of the, you know, other things that you were exposed to, um, but you're going to give us, you know, a, a 3.2 because the muffin was dry. But the thing about it is I've never seen ever, I've never seen anyone comment and say, I will never attend this event again because that muffin was dry. Right. Right. <laughs> so I just, so I would always, you know, when, when I would talk to my team and even for myself, when I would give myself the pep talk, uh, because when you ideally as planners, what we do is we, we put our heart and soul yep. into it and you want it to be an amazing experience for everybody. You just do. Um, that's not realistic, you know, but that's what you desire. And so when you see those ratings like that, and it's for something as trivial as, um, you know, a piece of bacon or muffin, um, <laughs> then it, it can kind of hit you. So you have to put it in perspective. You really do. And yeah, I mean, have we, have I seen some strange things? Have I experienced some strange things? Absolutely. Almost every event, there's been something that has happened that you say, I really could have done without that happening at this event. That that, <laughs> but the attendees don't know. You don't know because it's something that's going on behind the scenes, and you know we're we're really trying to work our magic and and get beyond that so that we can ensure that the experience for the attendees overall continues to be great and amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, in in it. In all honesty, it's almost like being an auditor, right? Because the job is so important and there's so many details that happen behind the scene. And then if you do it well, people underappreciate you. So it's, it's like a labor of love. I mean, it really is. 
So it is. It is. And that that is what I would always tell um, you know, people who would say, Well, why do, why do you stay in the in this industry? Um, that can be <laughs> that can be so stressful. Uh, and I've been doing it for such a long time. And they're like, how have you even maintained your sanity in it all? And I said, because it is it's a labor of love, and I bring um a passion to it that that motivates me, you know, that motivates me to keep pushing forward in this industry. And I could tell you that one of the things, one of the areas that I do want to make a difference is to elevate the look and feel of events. I think Uh we have just gotten into this robotic state is what I call it um, for events, both in person and virtual. And we had such a great opportunity, right? When the pandemic hit, you know, people were looking at it as a time of destruction. And I said, nope, this is a time of opportunity because this is a time where we know our industry was hit particularly hard as as well as many other industries. But as as you know, um, events, they just came to a screeching halt, right? And so in-person events, let me say, just kind of came to a screeching halt. So people were not, um, they were not moving, they were canceling events left and right. Um, colleagues were were being laid off because there was just no work. Um, so we had to really pivot quickly to doing everything virtual, everything. And that brought about an opportunity. It really did for us to hit the reset button, kind of take a step back and say, well, we are now stepping into a new environment for all intents and purposes, because again, Virtual events weren't new in and of itself, but the intensity by which we had to immerse ourselves into that virtual environment was new for a lot of us, right? We we were now going beyond doing webinars, uh, you know, online courses and, and things like that to every single type of event was now virtual. And so I think it was an opportunity for us as planners to tap more into the right side of our brains and look at how we could be more creative. We also had to really tap into some skill set that we probably didn't know we had um, because now, now we are becoming what event producers, right? We're almost yes. like, right? We're, it's almost like we are producing a TV show and that we, we that's a learning that we had to adopt and and adapt to to be right, so, so let, let's sit in this for a moment so let me just refresh for a minute for those of you who are just joining us we're on the corporate quitters and today we are talking to sheena majetti who is the owner and founder of slm education solutions and well she does events not just any regular event. She does spectacular, stellar events in person, online, you name it. So we've got Carl here. Carl says, just stopping by to hear such a great conversation. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here, my friend. And Claire is here. Good morning, Claire. She says, good morning. So let's sit in this for a minute with creativity. What are some creative things that you're doing now to shake up your industry? Oh, that is such a great question. So one of the one of the things that really um, 
I think a lot of us, when the when the pandemic did hit and we realized that everything kind of had to be virtual, for me, it hits it hit me really, really hard, Robert, because you are very familiar with the international conference, the IAA's international conference, right? Yeah. And so we had just gotten into um, the thick of finalizing all of these wonderful details for the international conference where we were going to bring in some exciting new formats um, for that in-person, you know, audience. Now, now, mind you, we had already transitioned into live streaming uh, the, our conference sessions out. So that was something that we were doing uh, anyway. But we had started incorporating these exciting new formats that I think would have resonated very well uh, with the attendees at the conference in person. And so I, what I want to do is try to transition some of those exciting in-person formats into the virtual world. And that's what I've been working on. That's what I've been in the lab doing, what I have been, you know, kind of working with some, some clients and having some conversations about some of those different formats that can be incorporated into the virtual environment that will make those events more exciting and more engaging. I think what, what we've seen um, thus far, we already know the virtual burnout is already real, right? So yeah. I hear it, I hear it constantly. I am so burned out from the virtual events. I've even heard people say, if I don't attend another virtual event in my lifetime, I will be okay. <laughs> So, but that's not a good thing. I don't like hearing that. That means that we still have work to do. We, as industry professionals, uh, we still have work to do to make those events more exciting and more engaging. And so we need to look at the different formats that bring in that intentional engagement in a virtual environment. So you could do things like speed networking virtually. You can. It's not difficult to do, oh. but I haven't seen it done in many Speed events. I think I've it one time. One event I've t attended and it was done and I loved it. Was a, it was great. It was a great added feature um, to that virtual event. One of the things that, that I've done um, for a conference was for the networking, make it interactive. So we did dueling pianos and it was virtual but what happened was it was so interactive it was so much fun because the audience was able to put in song requests right so they were able oh, wow. to put in the song requests and then the uh, then the dueling pianos they would sing them uh right then they would we were doing sing-alongs so you know people were popping on the screen and you could see them singing along with the dueling piano um, singers. It was a lot of fun. That's not something that I've seen often in virtual events when it comes to networking. The other thing, the other opportunity that we have is with our programming and our speakers. Because I think we, the expectation was on both sides, if you were an amazing speaker at an in-person event, then you were going to be an amazing speaker 
Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> so talk about misconceptions, right? That's one of them. Um, and so we had to repurpose how we would prepare speakers for these virtual events. And we still need to do that because we I'm still seeing things like this. The speakers like this talking. Oh no. And it's like, nope, you gotta, you know, it's 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 social distance with the camera. Kind of step back a little bit. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't be so close. Um, but those little nuances that will make a difference in the experience of the person that's watching. Or, you know, you see this, you see a speaker, and, and you've probably seen it. They're reading something, and so they're looking down, they're talking, and they're reading, they're <laughs> looking down, and the PowerPoint is going, and they're doing like this. But no, eyes to the camera. You have to, you know, you have to engage. And then the other thing is, you really need to be even more animated virtually yep. than, than you were in person so that it could come across, so that people can feel your energy so that they can, you know, so that they can be, feel like they are, are one with whatever it is you're doing um, and be a part of that and can embrace it, can embrace that message and not become bored by it. Uh, yeah. So it's just those, those things that you had to learn, that you really have to learn. Um, another example is, well, and I say this all the time, you know, I would tell speakers this, you have to be mindful of the attention span of your audience. Right? So yes. you cannot in a virtual environment, even, even in the in-person environment, Robert, right? We you will see how the, you could lose the attention of the audience after about 10 minutes. If you're just talking from a slide, then people are gonna be in their phones, they're gonna be um off, you know, over here to the left or the right, not paying attention. See, that's intensified now, in the virtual environment. It really is. But see, when I'm speaking, if you start doing that, I'll call on you. If we're, if we're on a Zoom and I can see you, I'll start, I'll bring you in. But yeah, right. you know, I didn't even think about that, though, that you would actually have to, you have a speaker that was good in a live environment. Now you've employed them for, in a virtual environment and you see that they flop. So now you're actually kind of coaching them in this new environment. That is exactly right. You are coping wow. them in the new environment. And so when we had to do this pivot quickly, as you can imagine, time was not on our side. Yeah. So when you're trying to transition um, from a live event to a virtu completely virtual event in a period of six, eight, even 12 weeks, time is not on your side. So... You know, you didn't really have the luxury of time to coach and prepare the speakers um, effectively. And that is one of the services that I was adamant about bringing into SLM Education Solutions, because that's one of the things. The speakers, your program, your speakers, it's a big commodity. And and if that flops, right, it, it's the, your event. I don't care what kind of experience you create for people, but if your program is not good, if your speakers are not good, the experience is not going to be good. And so taking that time out to have a comprehensive 
speaker nurturing process in place, especially Ooh. now that not only are we talking virtual, but now we're transitioning to hybrids. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. So, so listen, guys, we're here on the corporate quitters and we're here with Sheena. We're talking about events because Sheena manages, plans, and executes events, stellar events. So she just told us that she's done dueling pianos in a virtual environment. Look, you guys, I've never seen that before. If you've seen that before, if you tell me you've seen that before, you're not telling the truth. You've never seen that before either. So this is why you want to reach out to Sheena for your next event. So if you're watching and you have some questions, drop them into the chat because we'll be happy to answer some of your questions. But here's what I want to ask. So you've been doing this for a very long time. You've stayed in it for a while. What got you in it initially and what makes you stay? So very interesting. I've been doing this um, fresh out of college. So the way I got into the industry, I was meeting with a college recruiter. You know how, you know, after you graduate, you know, you meet with a recruiter and you talk about what you want to do. You talk about, you know, what kind of career you want to have and things like that. And so I met with this college recruiter and I said, well, I have a passion for three things, essentially. <laughs> I said, I like meeting new people. Um, I like to I like to organize things and I, I like to make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, well, Sheena, all right. Um, I have an opportunity for you. Now, let me tell you, she missed a lot of money part, but she got the other part right. She, she sent me to an association, a nonprofit association. Um, into a, a job where I was um, planning. I worked in their legislative department and I was planning their events for uh, advocacy. Um, and wow. so that's how I first got into it. And let me tell you, I fell in love. I really did. So sans the making a lot of money part, I was able to meet new people. I was able to organize. Um, I was able to just really apply kind of my social skills. And um, it, it just was, it was a great experience for me to work with not only the team uh, in that department, but the type of events that we were planning and experiencing uh, were, I mean, I just, I learned so much and that was the thing for me. So I fell in love with, learning, right? With, with, with just being able to gather all of this information that you would not normally probably think about exposing yourself to or may not have access to. And so in that industry, when you're planning meetings and events, specifically when you're looking at your programming, you have to learn about it. If you want to be good, if you want to be good at what you do, and, and I do. Um, so it's important to me to whatever industry that I am in, I'm going to learn 
about that industry so that I can be mindful of the type of programming that is going to make a difference for those attendees. That's going to make a difference in a positive way. If I don't know, greetings from Hong Kong. Wow. Did you see that? Yeah. Yes. Hello, Charles. Um, talk about the global experience coming to life here. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, here's what's interesting, what you just said about you have to learn the industry that you're working in, because you've been doing events for internal auditors for many, many years. So you had to learn about the exciting auditing. <laughs> I did. The exciting auditing industry. I did. And let me tell you, um, it is exciting. It really is. And when people would ask me, when people would say, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I plan. When, when I was at the IIA, I said, well, I, I, I um, plan uh, events for the Institute of Internal Auditors. And um, they will automatically default to, oh, you deal with the IRS? There you go. Like, nope. And it, it, it was exciting to learn about the industry uh, because it helped me to, when I had to explain it, right? It not only helped me to explain it better, um, and, and I love the way I would explain it. People, people's eyes would just light up like, what? I said, no, these are people who are really looking at the entire risk universe of an organization not just financial controls, but, and it's exciting because they're looking at things like talent. They're looking at things like, you know, technology. Um, they're looking at things like governance and uh, cor corporate culture. And so when I would start explaining those things, people's eyes would light up like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And so it's exciting for me to learn and the same thing in the other industries um, in which I've worked, which have primarily been medical. Before I came to the Institute of Internal Auditors, I was with uh, medical industries. So I was with uh, wow. the long-term care medicine. And uh, so I had to learn about, you know, long-term care medicine and, and that industry, nursing homes and, you know, how they function and the quality controls that are put in place and speak some of that language. So for me, when you ask me what kept me in the industry, it's all the amazing opportunities to learn and grow as a professional, as a person, and meet so many amazing people, Robert, such as yourself. Just that, that, that keeps me alive, motivated, and captivated by this wonderful industry. And so at some point, though, you decided to leave and just do your own thing. I did. What Ooh, Barbados is in the house. Yes, Barbados. <laughs> yeah, we, look, we we've got people from all over that like the corporate quarters. And so let me let me just put a pause in that for one moment because we're going to talk about how you transitioned into your own business. But a lot of people are, are are confused about the corporate quitters itself. They think that I'm just telling people to go out and just quit their jobs. But what I'm telling people to do is quit the limiting beliefs that you have in your head that are holding you back so that you can be better, do better. And so for you, when you started thinking differently about your industry, it kind of led you to leave the corporate workforce. So, so what happened? Why did you end up leaving corporate? Yeah, so 
going back to um, March of 2020, mm. when you know everything just kind of came, like I said, to a screeching halt. Interesting story about March 2020, Robert. That was the month that GAM was happening, right? right? The GAM conference. So the IA has this this um, leadership event uh, called the General Audit Management Conference, and um, it the audience was essentially leaders in the internal audit industry. So it happens in March of every year. So this particular year, March of 2020, talking about transitioning and pivoting quickly, we had to go from fully in-person to a fully virtual event in a matter of four weeks because we made that decision in February. So here, you know, again, this event is happening in March. So we had to make that transition. And let me tell you, when I, when we, when we as a team pulled out every magic trick that we could to make that thing happen, we did. Um, but what it did for me was it kind of illuminated the fact that things were going to change drastically for the industry. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be, I wanted to be very intentional um, and come with a lot of purpose and how I was going to be involved in that change. Ah. Right. Um, and I didn't want to be held back. I didn't want to, because again, where many organizations saw this as something that was very disruptive and probably frightening to a certain extent, because meetings and events, they bring in a lot of revenue. Yes. Let's be clear. Um, In-person events bring in a lot of revenue. So, you know, you, you companies were just kind of saying, oh my God, we, what are we going to do? We got to, we have to lay people off. We have to, um, you know, are we going to close down? What are we going to do? And so, the IA was no different. We, you know, the IA was impacted by this um, change, this drastic change as well. And so, what I saw was, I saw that we were we were going backwards. That wow. that a lot of the industry professionals were thinking about it in the context of, oh, how do I just take this in person event and and hit a button and make it virtual. Ooh. But Robert, I saw beyond that. I said, that is not the way we're going to be effective in that environment. And we cannot do that. And so I wanted to have an opportunity to work with many different individuals, many different organizations, and applying my skills and my knowledge. And again, tapping more into that right side of the brain, being coming with that creative approach that we're saying, oh, we're in a new environment now. This is a new opportunity to do things differently. Not to just press play from that in-person event into that virtual world. Yeah, That was not the approach that I wanted to take. And that was where we were going. You know, the IA was kind of going in that direction as many organizations were. Yeah. And I saw this as an opportunity for me to take a step back from that and have these type of conversations. 
to be um, more, like I said, more intentional with the impact that I was bringing to the industry. So that that was pretty much what motivated me. And it was no time, you know, people were saying to me, my family, they thought I was crazy. Are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you want to start an event consulting company when events are not happening. <laughs> now, what is your family saying now? Though? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, you really, you have to, you have to believe in yourself. And I did that. I said, you know what? I had to block out the negative noise. Yep. I had to, I had to be very intentional about blocking out that negative noise too. And I, I, I had to, not only know that I had enough passion and experience and skills and expertise, I was bringing all of that to the table. Um, and I, I, I was doing it with the purpose to win, to, to be, you know, effective, be impactful, be to work, like I said, with many different companies and not just limit my skills and abilities to one organization and you know i think you have to see opportunity in the middle of adversity you know so you did that in the middle of a pandemic you said okay we're going to start a company where we're going to plan events for people because events will never be the same after never. this and so if you guys are just joining us we're on the corporate quitters podcast we're live on LinkedIn and also available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And we're talking to Sheena Majetti, who is the owner of SLM Education Solutions, LLC, where she does stellar event planning. But she also helps speakers to become better speakers. So she helps manage those administrative tasks that you might hate doing. You know, the ones that I hate doing, those administrative tasks. But what we've also learned is that a lot of people have some misconceptions about event planning. They think that you just book hotels and that's it. But there's a whole lot more to it than that. There's creating an experience for everyone involved in the events. But then we also learn that when you book with Sheena, you might just get dueling pianos in a virtual environment, something <laughs> that you've never, ever seen before because she's a creative force in this industry and she's trying to shake up the way things are being done. So with us today, we have some people from Barbados. We have Corey from Barbados. Corey, hope everything is going well. Said he's definitely feeling the tenor of this convo. And then my friend Wendy is here. Wendy is a fellow auditor, Sheena. Wendy. So Wendy has probably attended some of your events over the years. Good morning, Wendy. Good I morning. hope Wendy has attended some of those events. She probably has. She's been an auditor for a very long, very long time. Wendy and I worked together way back in... Um, 1997, I think it was when oh. we first met. So, yeah, that, yeah, that is some history. So, yeah, so we're talking about events and we're talking about Sheena and what she does to make your events stellar. But now, now that you have this company and you're off on your own and you are basically reinventing your industry, you've also decided to pursue some of your other passions as well. So, tell us about your nonprofit organization. Oh, yes. Now, so the nonprofit um, is called Diamonds and Pearls Girls Club, Inc. It is dedicated to teaching life skills to girls ages 12 to 18. So the curriculum includes things like financial planning, 
social engagement, professional development, interpersonal skills, and self-care. And what motivated me to do this, Robert, is not only do I have three daughters, so, you know, I kind of, girls <laughs> have been my life, um, but raising my daughters, and as well as other parents, you know, their children in general, one of the, the common things that we as parents noted is that the schools, K through 12, were not teaching those essential life skills. Uh, so it was up to us as parents to, to, to have to do that. But guess what? As parents, when you're working, uh, you know, you're <laughs> right. You know where I'm going with this. You're working. You come home. You make sure that dinner, is, you, you know, is on the table. You make sure that homework is done. You know, you try to help with the homework. And then you're, you're doing your own thing to prepare for the next day so that you can wash, rinse, and repeat. You don't necessarily have the luxury of time to teach, to go down into the details of all of those life skills that are essential um, as your child transitions into adulthood. So I want to fill in that gap. I want to be a conduit uh, for those families and those parents that um, don't have the luxury of that time. So, so is this in person? Is this virtual? How are we planning this event? <laughs> so listen, right now, it is still very much in development because um, what I'm trying to do at this point is connect with some organizations um, that already have that audience in place that I can bring it to them both in person and virtually. Ah. So if anyone is interested in learning more or supporting the organization, because another thing about it is proceeds from a portion of the proceeds from SLM Education Solutions is poured into Diamonds and Pearls uh, Girls Club. So if you want to learn more about it, um, the website is very easy, diamondsandpearlsgirls.com. If you want to support, because we do need support, um, you know, but I'm, I'm still very much in the process of developing. Now, I have had a small group of young ladies that... Um, that I have, you know, kind of attached myself to and and started um, teaching some of these things. And it's just been so much fun. I am looking forward to the day and time when that when that organization can become more prominent uh, out here as well. Well, and I think it's something that's necessary, uh, as you just mentioned. As parents, you're tired when you come home and then the school system the school system can only do so much, but there's a certain set of values, morals, ethics, and just life skills that school can't teach you. And, you know, it's real interesting because when I was in school, you had woodshop and home economic courses where you learn to work with your hands and you learn how to cook and you learn certain right. things like that. But those haven't been in school for a very long time. No. And I even had business. I had, and it was required. I had to take, we had to take a business class where we learned, yeah. you know, things like how to balance a checkbook, uh, you know, yep. just kind of the a checkbook. What's that? What's, a, what's that? I know. What, what is that? Um, so, and, and people say to me, well, Sheena, both girls and boys need this. Why are you, why are you dedicating this organization to girls? Again, you're absolutely correct. Both girls and boys need this. My affinity, however, 
is to girls because I've raised three of them. I know girls. I am a girl. And girls come with different nuances that boys don't necessarily. And so, I, you know, I, I like wanted, the way you put that. I wanted to be um, an uninhibited environment for our young girls, a safe space that they can come and learn all of these things about how to transition from girls to women. And so, you know, and but I do want to, but but what I do want to do down the road is I want to connect and collaborate with organizations that focus on boys and bring it together, you know, and bring it together. So stay tuned. There's there's work, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done and there's a lot of opportunity uh, for us to nurture our young as they transition into adulthood, right? So both boys yeah. and girls. But, and, and but Diamonds and Pearls is focused on the young girls. Well, and it, and it goes back to that old saying, right? It takes a village. Because it really does. It takes a village to raise a child because the world is uh, full of things, good and bad. And, you know, you could be walking the right path one day and take a wrong turn and end up someplace that you don't want to be. Now, yeah, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I love um, Wendy says the kids are also tired when they get home. That's yes. Um, so they're not open to learning more things on top of the schoolwork. Yeah. What I've also noted, Wendy, is what happens is as a parent, I could try to teach my child a lesson and they are not going to receive it from me the same way that they will receive it from someone else. So we have to work to, so that's where that village comes into play, Robert, because I've had young girls over my house. Listen, I've, I've done a plethora of pajama parties with these, with the young girls. And I, so, but we would all, I would also seize the opportunity to have authentic conversations with these young ladies. And what I noticed is I, they would receive messages from me that they wouldn't receive from their parents yep. and the parents, we would collectively talk about it because I would always go back to the parents and say, you know, we had a conversation about, we had a conversation about such and such. And, and, and sometimes that parent would say, well, I'm glad you had that conversation because I've been trying to have it <laughs> and she just has not heard it from me. So the village, the village definitely is needed. And I want to be a part of that village. Yeah. And it's important. Like, well, like with the example that you just gave, it's important that parents are an, uh, a big part of that village too, because you have some parents that might get upset that their child is not talking to them and talking to someone else, but you would rather them talk to another adult that could relay the message back to the parent than, to them, than for them to talk to another child that would give them some false advice. That's right. And, or the internet, like Wendy says, that oh. has turned into the village. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, the internet has definitely turned into the village, especially yeah. when you look at TikTok. Oh my goodness, what in the world is happening over there? That's <laughs> right, that's right. And so, a part of that curriculum being social engagement, I, I, this, this is the opportunity to teach these young ladies how to engage socially responsibly and not wow. reckless, you know not in a reckless way and to also understand put into context that social engagement so that it doesn't take over so it doesn't become their whole village right 
Um, so it, it's 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 a it's a delicate balance of it all. And again, I'm not faulting the schools because I get it. The schools just don't have the luxury of time to teach every single thing, um, and neither do parents. So we 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 have to kind of work together in this regard. Yeah, yeah. So now, do you ever see yourself planning an event for the girls to attend? I can't wait to do it. I'm so. I, I have so many ideas for what that is going to look and feel like. Like it's bursting inside of me, Robert. I cannot wait to plan an event uh, for these girls. I'm excited for you. So look, if you guys are just joining us, you are on the Corporate Critters Podcast. We're talking to Sheena. If you need an event planned, you need to call Sheena because <laughs> she will make it spectacular. She will make it innovative. She will make it fun. Also, if you're the parent of a girl between what, 12 and 18? Yes. You really need to get in contact with Sheena because we know out here in these internet streets is real crazy <laughs> right about now. And so the, the youth, they need some guidance. They need some direction. Um, they need us in, in all seriousness, just to be real serious about it. They need us and they need us to help steer them in the right direction and it's going to yeah. take all of us working together in order to turn around some of the mess that we're in right now because man it's it is very hectic out there so now sheena yes as we're coming to a close and rounding off here's what i want to ask you what makes a perfect event oh now, perfect is a strong word, Robert. So I don't. <laughs> so what I want to do is talk about the components of a great event experience, Ooh, right? Yes. So one of the things that you want to you want to do is, and, and I talked about this earlier, is you want to make sure that when you are creating that program, that you are telling a story. And that you're not just throwing sessions to, you know, in, in an event uh, willy nilly uh, and, and with no rhyme or reason. You want to do it in a way that you're telling a story where people are able to connect the dots. So you want to have a beginning, a middle and an end. And you want that end to be that climax where people say, oh, my goodness, everything that I've learned in these couple of days or however long. It all makes sense. And that is a strategy that doesn't come that easily. You really have to be creative about how you how you are plotting out those sessions. I'll give you an example. I, I attended an event and uh, one of the sessions was um, how to be intentional with your networking strategies for intentional networking, because, you know, networking, it, it can be tricky sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and guess when they, that session was held? The last day of the event. And I was thinking, now, <laughs> these are some brilliant strategies, but it would have been better for you to give me these strategies at the beginning so that I could have applied them throughout those networking breaks while yes. I was attending that event. So something as simple as that, um, that you just have to be mindful of. So that's the program. Then you then then let's talk about the networking. You want the networking experience to be very intentional, uh, you know, and, and Robert, 
we try to do that. It, it was kind of difficult sometimes. Um, and I have been successful in other organizations making the networking intentional because more often than not, conference goers, event goers, they, they're not really extroverts. <laughs> they're introverts. Yeah. And so throwing everybody in a room with some crudite and wine does not necessarily make a great networking experience because people are not not always organic with their networking. It depends so, on how much wine, though. <laughs> well, you know, the budgets are tight, so we, we do too much wine, Rob. <laughs> but um, so so being being able to create networking experience where you're intentionally bringing people together. So the way we did that with the IA, if you can recall, um, I'll use this as an example because you're familiar with the environment, those industry meetups. So you take, mm -hmm. you create a situation where you're able to bring people together who are in like industries. You have a facilitator, you maybe have a question card so that, um, you know, it kind of starts, sparks a conversation and then people are organically connecting with each other. So really being intentional about how you create those networking experiences so that people can make meaningful connections. That's another thing that makes, that's an ingredient for a good event. And then finally, it's the experience overall. So think about from start to finish, those things that you put into place to make it a smooth, a great, a nice. So that's where you, your logistics really come into play. Um, so any, anywhere from when they check into the hotel, you want to make sure you want to have that conversation with your, your vendor partner, whether it's a hotel convention center, because you want to make sure that that check-in experience is great. When they register, when they come and pick up their registration materials, you know, what is that experience like? Is it daunting? You don't want it to be that way. Yep. So those little things like that, those little intricate details that um, you weave into everything else, all of that together is what's going to make, um, you know, a great experience. Those are some of the ingredients for a really good experience. Again, program, networking, and then your logistical environment. Oh, I love it. Those are three very good and very important components. So if someone wants to experience your services, how can they get in touch with you? Very simple. Just go to slmeducationsolutions.com. slmeducationsolutions.com. That's the website. Um, there's a there's a button where you can click contact and set up your free consultation. But there's also um, where you can learn about all of the services that we provide. And if we are interested in the nonprofit, diamondsandpearlsgirls.com. Yes, diamondsandpearlsgirls.com. All right. So. For you guys just joining us, you missed a good show. Why are you joining so late? I mean, <laughs> really, why are you? We're on the Corporate Quitters, and we've just had a fabulous conversation with Sheena, who plans spectacular events. So here's what I'm going to say. Any of you guys who need events planned, you need 
to hit that website, slmeducationsolutions.com. You need to book your free consultation. But just remember, you just get one free consultation. After that, you know, you got to pay. So I just said that, didn't I? Well, yeah, yeah I said it, that is true. <laughs> yeah, it is true. It is true. So, um, let me ask you, before we go, any parting words, any last words you want to leave with our audience? Well, first of all, Robert, I need you to be my agent because you just set me up to sound so wonderful. I appreciate all of the kind words. I really do. Um, and I think I would just I would just say, wake up with intention to be positive and to be your best self. That is every that's my mantra every day. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I don't. But I wake up with that intention every day. I want to be positive and I want to be my best self. And I apply that with everything, with, you know, with the businesses, as well as with my family, friends, all across the board. And it really does make um, for a better life. And when you're in a when you're in a world like we are in that can bring about so much stress and so much anxiety, mm -hmm. um, I me learning how to do that really has made a difference in my life personally with my health, with my mental, um, my physical and my spiritual. So that would be my parting words, I think. Ooh, I couldn't have said it better myself. And on that note, people, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Corporate Quitters Podcast. If you like us, tell everybody you know. Better yet, head on over to the iTunes store and leave us a five-star review. It only takes a few seconds. I can do it with my eyes closed and both hands tied behind my back. So what are you waiting for? If you want to talk to us, leave us a voice message. You might be featured on the show. Check the link in the show notes. Want to carry us wherever you go? Check out the merch on our website. Get your I quit, O quit, or just plain quit stuff there. If you really, really like us, you can become a monthly contributor for less than a cup of coffee. Link is in the show notes. And last but not least, quit those limiting beliefs that are holding you back. And we're out. <laughs>